Your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. to this. We usually post it in the dead of night, so you're probably hearing this Monday morning. Welcome back to Special Presentation, or... Oh, Elf will not be seen tonight. Ah, uh, guess what? This is our 30th episode! Wow, we we uh, are old now. We are old! Oh my god! We're, we're not, you know, husky young 20-somethings anymore. Now we have to, like... What do they do on 30-something? Buy... F- Oh, I was gonna say buy ferrets, but no, that's that's unfair. Um, <laughs> is that a stereotype of thirty-year-olds? Uh, I was gonna say it's like a stereotype of yuppies, but or maybe it's a stereotype of hippies. I'm not really sure. There, there, there are some overlap, I think. <laughs> Huppies or yippies, or but someone oh. once told me that there are only two kinds of people who buy ferrets: science teachers and weirdos, and there is some overlap. There's definitely some overlap there, yes. <laughs> and so, I don't know. What, so tell me, what was your favorite of our episodes that we've done so far? Um, I think my very favorite one is Dilbert. Dilbert? I think I have a, I have a special uh, appreciation for the Robot Man episode because none of us knew what we were going into there. That was and, a fun one. <laughs> yeah, that was. Memories. Memories. Yeah, that one and the uh, cartoon All Stars to the Rescue. We had a lot to go go on with. Oh, that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, that was oh. something. I think uh, that was a good one because I think even the aud- the audience knew it was coming and they were just they were excited for it. They yes, were just they were chosen for it. Oh yeah. yeah, anyone who had anyone who had listened to the theme song knew that it was coming, except for the person who wrote our well uh, arranged our theme song. She was not aware that we were going to do cartoon all stars to the rescue or that we had already done it by the time that, uh, she gave them, made us the theme song. <laughs> How ironic. <laughs> and, Oh, and I really want to give a shout out to the, uh, Garfield, his nine lives that we did with Travis. That was an absolute treat. Um, oh, that was fun too. Yes. Yes. Uh, and a great time to talk about Garfield. Oh, yes. Great time talking about Garfield. Great time talking with Travis. If you're listening, Travis, shout out. And But what would you say is our worst episode? Our absolute worst episode? Um, gosh, I would have to go with Sabrina. Sabrina Online. Yeah, we were unprepared for, you know, we were unprepared for what Sabrina had to offer, but in a completely different way from Robot Man. Yeah, Robot Man was a, a joyous voyage of discovery. It was like finding something that was uh, a diamond in the rough because we knew what Robot Man the comic was like, and finding Robot Man the series, it was like just a completely different animal. Uh, whereas Sabrina Online, the uh, radio play, it was exactly like the web comic, but done badly 
And um, since it was like a, a fan labor of love, it seemed kind of mean to point out that it was not good. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't want to hurt anyone who was involved with the Sabrina comic, but we have no such compunction this time. I am happy to hurt everyone who was involved. Yes, uh, we are. I think this is the second time we're talking about a webcomic that is adapted into another medium. This is, ironically, because we're talking about ferrets, this is from Blind Ferret Entertainment. As it reminds you every single time, twice. Yes, it, every episode is five minutes long, but with two, two of those minutes are taken up with a, a bad, like, CG animation of a ferret at a piano that looks like it's out of a Dire Straits video. Yeah, it's like, it doesn't even look like a ferret. It looks like an elongated raccoon. Exactly. And keep in mind, these videos that we watched, they're from the aughts. These are, these are not old videos. They are. This is from, this is from when you were probably a kid and we were not kids. I was still watching. Uh, what year did this come out? Um, you know what? Let let can we let's check the internet. What we sh yep. what does it say? Uh, oh, what what is it? Two thousand six. Oh, so it's um, yeah, it's not that old at all. Well, that is old now, but it's, it's old now, but it's not so old that you know it's not so old that you're not gonna be. Well, apart from the fact that no one remembers it, some people might still go, oh, I remember that. Yeah. It is, it is new by our standards, considering most of what you watch on this show comes from like the 80s and 90s and yes. occasionally dips into the 70s. Uh, this is the most modern thing I think we've watched. Um, yeah. Because Sabrina we, Online, uh, do, I think, was even yeah, earlier. Sabrina, yeah, Sabrina was from like, that was from 1996 or 7 or 8. This wow. Was, yeah, this might be the only thing we've done from the aughts. Ex no, not no, not even Bad Baby was that recent. So, wow. Okay, so this is the most. This is like living in the future now because the show we're talking about is Control Alt Delete, the series. Yes, or as it says on my keyboard, Command Option Backspace, the series. Oh, you have a Mac. Yeah. What ah, does okay. Control Alt Delete do? Um, it brings up the task manager. What does that do? Um, it's basically if you're if something the only time I ever use it is when a program freezes, such as Audacity, which happens quite frequently, and I'm like, well, hitting the little X in the corner does not work, so I have to call up the task manager and just like uh, hit the thing on there saying stop program. Oh, okay. So the 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 uh, Mac version of Control Alt Delete would be Command Option Escape. So okay. there now we're doing a, a bilingual version of this show. There um, you go. Um, I I used to make fun of this occasionally in my own web comics, and I would just call called it um, uh, abort retry fail because that <laughs> is the that is the computer centric phrase that I remember from my youth, and I assume Control Alt Delete was just picked because it was a random computer phrase that this guy had heard of. Actually, it. Now that I think about it, Control-Alt-Delete is a laptop thing. It's a thing you do on a laptop. And this is a gamer strip all about uh, console gaming. So it really makes no sense at all. I just figured that out after 20 years of being aware of Control-Alt-Delete. Is it a laptop thing? Because I know I saw Catbert doing it on the boss's keyboard once on his on his desktop. Oh, I'm, 
I'm sorry. I meant it's a, um, uh, it's a PC thing. It's oh, not okay, a, uh, okay. you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it on like a GameCube or an Xbox. Okay. Which were the, uh, things that, that were going on at the time. And the GameCube was not very popular, which is why this does not acknowledge Nintendo at all, which is really weird. Yeah. Um, what, what, what do they use nowadays? What's the, what's the console? Do they use a switch now? Is that the thing? Yeah. Today, today's consoles for, you know, for those of us who haven't kept up with it are the Nintendo switch, the PlayStation five, and I believe the Xbox one X, I, hmm. which maybe I'm not sure. They have a really complicated way of announcing, uh, Xboxes. So I, I think everyone just calls them Xboxes no matter what. So, hmm. well, I've I've never been a console gamer myself, so uh, this is all news to me. Uh, yes, you you were a you know a five and a quarter inch floppy gamer for the most part. That's correct. I only played uh, point and click um, adventure games in my youth, and that's why it was funny. A friend of mine once said to me that it was very odd that I am someone who has almost no fond memories of video games uh, from growing up, which isn't true. I just have a very limited selection of video games. I have fond memories of none of which were the usual Nintendo or uh, Sega games. You haven't, you haven't played video games enough to be convinced that they're the future. Like the rest of us. Yeah. I, I, uh, I ain't no gamer is, uh, <laughs> is what I'm saying. And uh, after watching control delete, I'm glad I'm not. I would never want to be tarred with that gamer brush. Um, yes. So control and delete. Oh, sorry. I've been an, and I've been a Nintendo hardcore since I got my NES in 1987, which means that I too am not a gamer, at least not by these people's standards. So yeah, you know, you're never mind the 80 hours I've already clocked on Animal Crossing since it came out. Yeah, well, you're a filthy casual. <laughs> um. So control delete. I guess before we talk about the uh, the web series, let's talk about the comic. Uh, control yes, delete. Please do. I don't know anything about this comic except for the thing everyone knows. What's well, the thing everyone knows? Uh, it's the it's the meme, the one where like the guy is whistling at the girl who's having an abortion. Or, uh, wait, no. okay. Yes. So you're lost.jpg. Yes. Yes. So um. That is what is famous about Control-Alt-Delete, but there, there's more to it. So before we get into a loss, Control-Alt-Delete is a gaming webcomic, and I would say it is the, uh, for all intents and purposes, the second gaming webcomic. Um, if you're talking about gaming webcomics, obviously uh, the, the 800-pound gorilla in that arena is um, Penny Arcade, yeah. which is two guys sit on a couch, play video games, make commentary. And Control Delete is exactly that, but done worse. Um, Penny Arcade, it, it's it's something like if you like Penny Arcade, but wish the art was slightly worse and the jokes were slightly more predictable, then Control Delete is really uh, what you want. Um, it's yeah. pretty. Oh, sorry. Gabe is a pretty good artist. He can do funny drawings. This guy can't do a funny drawing. Honestly, it feels like he's he's tracing old Penny Arcade strips. The interesting thing about his art, because uh, he is kind of infamous for the the cartoonist is Tim Buckley, if we haven't mentioned that yet, I, I forget. Um, and he is famous for what they call the Buckley face, uh, which 
usually if you wanted to recreate Buckley face on your own keyboard at home, you would just type capital B, the little uh, carrot over the six, and then capital U, so that it kind of looks like a face with like heavy lidded eyelids and kind of a slack jawed mouth. And every time he draws a face, that's the face he draws, uh, which is interesting because people would accuse him of being lazy for doing that. And um, I always, you know, I, I won't, I, I hesitate to call a cartoonist lazy when they, um, you know, do something very simple because cartoons are, you know, it's, it's a demanding job. You have to draw lots and lots of little pictures. So very often cartoonists will make them very simple and uh, repetitive. And if they're good enough to get the point of the joke across, that's really all you have to do. However, the interesting thing about Buckley, and I saw this in a, um, uh, I, I won't call it a documentary, but a featurette that was included in one of the uh, DVD releases of this particular web series. Wow, you had the DVD release? No, someone someone ripped it and it's online. Oh, oh <laughs> um, I see. But it does show his artistic process, which is that he actually has a library of pre-made mouths and eyes and noses that he just uh, assembles to make the uh, the the people in in this comic, which is very strange, I think. Um, it gives everything a very Family Guy look. Yes, I mean everything does kind of look the same, and it and everything looks it's that family guy style and actually it's the style i would say of like almost every like oh if you want to make an adult animation you kind of have this style now because mm. family guys the corner of the market on that and it's it's just weird to see because i mean again i hate to say like oh that's lazy because it's like well he's he's got to fill the content hole but if you are a cartoonist and you know we've both dabbled in cartooning yes. um, even even though it's kind of a slog I feel like you do it to some degree because you enjoy the process of creation. And I find it strange that a cartoonist would be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to like assemble these pre-made parts. Like it's a Mr. Potato head. It's weird. We all, find, we all do find our own ways to save labor in that respect. When I was during my six month experience with doing a nearly daily webcomic, which was quite an experience and not one I'm going to do again. I found that, well my, well, my character designs evolved rapidly during the first couple of months, as I'm sure everyone's does. And then I got into the habit of doing what I called the Muppets, which is where I would do something in a meet with a medium shot. And I would just have, I would just draw a really quick blob popping up from the bottom half and just build a body off of that. And I had a lot more energy and dynamism from just, you know, feeling like the characters were poking up through the panel like sock puppets through a sheet. And... <laughs> I, I, I like the, the evocative uh, phrasing there. <laughs> like what? Like sock puppets through a sheet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, now um, Tim Buckley, the um, or I should say a Control-Alt-Delete... Uh, like we said, it is basically two gamers on a couch making snide remarks about the game. There are um, four major characters, I believe. I'm, yeah, I'm... I, I had them write, written down as Fuckface, Fuckface's fiance, 
Fatface's fiance's roommate and the robot. That's right. Um, now, there's also in the uh, in the comic strip, which I'm not intimately familiar with. I uh, haven't read it in years and years. But there's also Chef Brian, who appears occasionally. Uh, who and Chef Brian, if I recall, he is a chef who says nonsense things. So he he come, he'll he'll appear and he'll just say, "Ah, oh, um, put put the pencil in the pot and shove ferrets down your pants." I wondered and about like that. that. Yeah, and that's that's basically his his thing. And um, apparently, Chef Brian was extremely popular with uh, Control Elite's uh, reader base because they don't understand what humor is, so they they love that. Um, but what's really infamous about Control Delete, the the webcomic, is Lost.jpg, which is when uh, I guess Tim Buckley decided he was going to make the comic get serious because that's what you do when you're you do a webcomic. Eventually, you get tired of that gag a day thing and you decide mm -hmm. you want to you want to say something. So um, Fuckface and his fiance were going to have a baby, but then they got. Um, I guess Buckley decided, well, you know, that's a lot of work writing a baby into the strip. Yes. And I I guess he all I guess he wanted to make something poignant. So um the 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 fuckface fiance has a miscarriage. And, and Yes. And by now I'm sure you have figured out that we're referring to the only comic strip that can be rendered in Morse code. Yes. <laughs> Everybody knows that one. Um, if you see, and if you ever see anything online that you don't understand, just say, is this loss? Anyway, um, I guess like instead of doing poignant stuff, then, then he decided they're going to have more wacky adventures. So fuckface then goes forward to the future. He starts a religion based on gaming, a gamer's church, and then he goes into the future where he saves humanity because the robot, I think, then had created a race of evil robots that destroy the world. Um, and I think uh, Fuckface ends up sacrificing himself so that the world can live, and it's it's very, it's very sad and touching. Except Yeah, except it doesn't last. Yeah, well, you know, then you got to go back to, you know, doing the gags. Um but um, actually, uh, uh, Ethan, I thought you would enjoy this one because Fuckface is also named Ethan. Yes. Whose idea was this? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, I understand that by sh by now you're used to it. Every other character is named Mike. Nobody got named Ethan when I was a kid. If anyone had said Ethan, I knew they meant me. And now... <laughs> And now suddenly Ethan is all over the place. Every little boy from two, 2000 to 2010 got named Ethan. And it is frustrating to suddenly have a have a well-known name when I was formerly, well, I mean, people still can't fucking spell it. They always want to stick an A in there, so it's Ethan. <laughs> well, hey, at least now you've got you've got someone to look up to. You've got mm. uh and he, you know what? If think about if you when you were a kid, if you had had control of the lead around, you could have looked up this 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 uh, shitty man child and did like, "There's an Ethan for me." Representation matters. Well, I mean, I'd 
I guess I might take him over the furniture gallery, but <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's it's a low bar. Um, what was there? Somebody? Oh, oh, yeah. That was the one that the the furniture gallery was named after. So I was like, was there a Revolutionary War hero named? Oh, yeah. It was the same guy. It was Ethan Allen. And oh, there's that poem too. You know, Ethan Frome. Oh yeah. I wasn't sure if that was a person or a writer or the author. Oh, I'm actually not. Sh I'm actually not sure either. I probably you know, should have looked had, this up. If I had to look up for, if I had to look up to another Ethan, I would probably go with Ethan Cohen at least. I mean, it'd mm. be nice to be, you know, match with somebody who can actually tell a story. But <laughs> now, even um, if some of those stories are the Big Lebowski. <laughs> well, I, I like that one. Mm -hmm. But you know, different strokes. Yes. Um, the um, uh, uh, okay. So, so should we met, let's talk about the characters in this thing? Um, okay. Yeah. There's Ethan, who is a horrible, shitty man child, <laughs> and the uh, and the and fuckface's fiance's roommate is really named Lucas. I'm sure he's named after George Lucas. Oh yeah, makes I, sense. Absolutely. And his name Lucas Davidovich. Wait, is that the character's name? Yes. Huh. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna... I'm not sure what uh, the what the Polish uh, suffix a witch means. Maybe son. So it's like the son of David. I don't know. And but... in Russian, that's what, in Russian it, it does mean son of. So um, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, interesting. And there's a fiance as well. I don't know if she has a name, but Lila. That oh, is okay. Fuckface's fiance. Okay. And Lila defined Ethan. No, no. The quote Wikipedia. Lila defied Ethan's preconceived notion that girls, or at least cute ones, don't play video games. After which they began dating. Oh, uh, so did he defy her stereotype that boys don't play video games? Why did she pick him? She could have had anyone. That's that's true. Well, um, Ethan in this, he is basically. Again, he is a very uh, early webcomics archetype because almost every early webcomic in you know, the late 90s and early aughts, the main character would be kind of a, uh, uh, I guess what you call kind of the Cloud Cuckoo Lander, uh, usually just sort of an idiot man-child who would have wacky schemes and um, just usually be kind of stupid but also instigate a lot of trouble. And they'd also have like, a straight man who would have to hang out and be uh, like, Oh man, look at this wackiness happening. And a girl who would usually be like the sarcastic arm candy. So they hit like every square on the bingo card here in control of delete. Um, well, L Lila from what I saw on this one is maybe a little more optimistic about Ethan as opposed to being sarcastic. Mm. The, she sees the, she sees the best in him. So in that way, it kind of seems like the cast of Bob, the angry flower. Oh, okay. So you've got that's true. So she would be more like Freddy. She'd this. be like Freddy, yeah. And then we've got Stumpy and Bob. Okay. Uh, of course, Ethan is not nearly as likable as Bob. And, no. You know, and Bob is a horrible monster. So I think. Well, the difference is, I think, like Bob is a huge asshole. Uh, now Ethan is. He is not only a huge asshole, but um, he is also incredibly stupid. And it's kind of like when you have, you know, there's certain villains you can kind of root for. 
but when you get like all the bad traits in one person, then it's like Joffrey on Game of Thrones. You know, it's like you just hate them because it's like, oh, they're evil and stupid and cowardly and um, just, you know, bad. So uh, Ethan is just an irredeemable character. And we're supposed – I think we're supposed to find it kind of charming, but it's not – well, here's the – Are we also, supposed to identify with it? Are we supposed to be like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> you sure sent me up. Yeah. Um, I do like how in the intro – in the um, introductory credits for the series, uh, there's a bit where Layla and uh, Ethan are talking, or Layla is talking, and Ethan is watching her talk. And he's kind of got that heavy-lidded ennui Buckley face going on. So it very clearly, he's not listening. Everything she's saying is kind of going over his head. And as this is going on, he just reaches out and grabs her breast. And then she punches him out or throws him over. Which, again, very early webcomic girl thing. Because that, that's a thing that happens a lot where a girl is going to do that, come in and be like, Oh, I'm I'm a girl, but don't don't be sexist to me, or I will use violence on you. And it's funny when a girl uses violence. And a lot of guys seem to have their only uh, their only basis for uh, a female character seems to be Miss Piggy. Yes, um, I mean Miss Piggy is a very funny character, so I I can see why they might choose that basis. Uh, but yeah, that was every webcomic. Uh, so Layla again, she fits into you know she 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 fits into the world. Um, now I don't think there's a uh, girlfriend character in Penny Arcade, is there? Um, not to my knowledge. All I know is there's the one guy with the big black hair and the one guy with the small brown hair. And yeah. wait a second, I just realized is that it? Do they not have anyone else on that show? And and that, sorry, not the show, uh, comic. <laughs> to, um. Well, they they also have a robot. Oh, it's a what a coincidence! A big, yes, but it's a talking Divix player, and we have—I don't think we've seen it in a long time. Huh? And, okay. And they have a self-willed juicer, and oh, and there's Chuck, or I mean Charles. Okay, there's, who's, who's yeah, that there's, guy? Uh, that is the guy that at first they at first they had him to make fun of Apple users. And then I think they both got Max and felt bad about it, so they had him have an accident where he, where they actually, they had to amputate the geek out of him, and he became cool. And okay. I well, we haven't would, seen him in a long time, so I would never feel bad for making fun of Apple users because <laughs> I'm not a coward. Um, but um, huh? But that does bring up the robot in this because uh, there's also a robot. I think his name is Zeke. And I think now I'm not I don't know about this, but I'm I'm going to assume that what happened is that Ethan built him out of like an old gaming console of some sort. Yeah, it I'm, says here his original name was the X-Bot. Oh, OK. That's a better name. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I literally just made that up. I had no clue how they got a robot, but it seemed that that would be the way they do it. Um, so. The, now let's the go over the opening credits here. The opening yes. credits show it shows fuckface like buttering toast and sticking it to a wall. <laughs> that's pretty wacky. I guess that's to reflect that he can't cook. And then we have the robot who is trying to romance a flat screen television. And I guess that's pretty wacky too. But it might have been wackier when 
in 2006 when people were just starting to get flat screen televisions. They were extremely modern back then. Yes. And then we have his girlfriend being sexually objectified at the GameStop where he works. And then we have (laughs) Fuckface himself sexually objectifying the girlfriend because that's what she's good for, apparently. Mm. And then they also, and then there's somebody that we never see who has a penguin. Yeah, I don't. I I suppose I should have actually done more research into the comic to figure out who that is. I assumed that that's probably like, oh, that's probably their version of uh, Charles. Yeah, it's like the Linux guy. That was my first thought. Yeah, like, yeah. Jeez, why why do these shows? Why does this these two properties line up one to one like this? Mm, I, mean, I wonder. I'm I'm used to stuff like that. I was into both Transformers and GoBots as a time at a, as a kid, but they don't match up one to one. Psykill isn't like Megatron in every way. <laughs> the um, I I thought that the Penguin would play a bigger role as the kind of um, you know, they usually in these old web comics they would have like, oh, we've got a cute little mascot, but it's like secretly like foul mouthed or something, or wants to take over the world. And I thought the penguin would fill that role, but I think the robot kind of does. Yeah, the robot is the one who's threatening to take over the world. And the penguin, I have no idea. I'm I'm hoping maybe it's like a... My best guess is that Tom Tomorrow was the silent partner on this. Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's... Uh, well, think about it, because... Uh, Oh, Tim Buckley watched, um, he, he read um, This Modern World, and he was like, hmm, an idiot man-child and a suffering straight man. And he was wa- he was watching, like, uh, what is it, Conservative Jones and Moonbat McGee. And he was like, I need them <laughs> in my uh, in my strip. <laughs> and, and then there's, and then as the, the, the logo comes up, uh, Fuckface is sitting at his computer, and everyone just sort of, gathers around him and puts their arms around him like look at you our little man and they're, they're doing that like 80s sitcom thing where the family gathers for the uh you know the the por- por- uh, portrait photographer yeah. where they take the picture and suddenly it's just the picture and it says like all in the family or something we got each other sharing the laughter in love <laughs> sharing except the, the only difference is this is a uh, a, a series about four people sorry yeah, four, three people and a robot who live together and apparently all hate each other. And uh, those things, and those things only really work when it's about togetherness. But he's off in his own little world, and they've just they've got their arms around him. In okay, my mom, not necessarily the funniest person in the world, but she made an observation that has stuck with me all my life. When we were watching, some, there was some commercial for waffles or something, and she said, "Have you ever? Why is it in these commercials the mom doesn't sit down to eat herself? She just sits behind the kid, petting them like they're a nervous animal as they eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they're doing. It looks like a waffle commercials. Good, boy, keep going." <laughs> We're saying that that's not how you, how your moms in your house do it. <laughs> uh, my, well, my mom always raised us to serve ourselves, so I don't know. Yeah, that's good. We never ate waffles in my house, so I couldn't say. Maybe if we did, <laughs> then she would immediately be like, "Okay, we gotta like get these kids to settle down." Um, it's something about waffles just makes that happen. Um, it does look like a waffle commercial, though. And <laughs> now, now, control alt delete brand waffles. Oh, 
You know, I think now how many episodes did we watch? Did you I watch watched it? four. How about you? I, I watched three. Okay. I don't think so any... I watched the one that came after the one that you did, and you did not miss much. Did vi- were uh, were video games actually a thing in any of them? Because I feel like not, these were not actually very video game related. They acknowledge that video games are important, but I mean, you can't really do a show about people playing a video game without showing the video game. That's that's what the uh, the whole revolution of YouTube was really based around people giving commentary while they play video games, but not just showing them sitting on the couch, showing the actual video game. So Yeah, because it's great, because then you don't have to play it, which is good for me, because I'm really bad at video games, and whenever I try to play them, I just die constantly, and it's like, this is not fun. But I want to see all the cool bad guys who get to fight later on. But I don't want to have to, you know, expend the effort of actually fighting them. So that was really good they did that. Because it used to be I'd have to hang out in the arcade and just wait for someone else to play a game. And then just watch them and hope <laughs> that they did really good, you know. Um, well, so that's that's what it's like being a PC gamer. I understand. Well, no, yeah. you're not really a PC gamer as... As the species has evolved now, thankfully. That's right. I'm a yeah. I'm no PC gamer. I'm not afraid to tell it like it is. <laughs> yes, you're a politically incorrect gamer. Yeah, that's right. This ain't your dad's video game. <laughs> just imagine, what, what like the, when when we post this. My I'll dad's just... video game was Ocarina of Time. <laughs> oh, your dad is actually a lot more modern than that. <laughs> I was gonna say, my dad is like, oh, I really enjoyed Battle Chess. <laughs> well, like my dad is actually my whole family are pretty game gamey even my mom plays tons of uh words with friends and but my brother actually built his own uh built his own gaming pc to play on his uh big big tv at home so there's so he's harder core than i am he's wow. into things like fallout while i'm playing animal crossing so. ethan you should make a comic about your family like the gamer family <laughs> Yes, and then I can be the one who gets miscarried. That'll be great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just like, no, the, why has no one done the Gamer Family comic or TV series? It'd be great, especially when you have, like, you know, the you know, the gamer granny who lives in the attic. And just <laughs> she's, like, really cool. Like, she's the one who, who swears a lot and probably wears, like, a leather jacket. And yeah, she, she's you know, the one who's going to take over the world. Yeah, exactly. And then, like... Well, they're all and and the episode can end with like some guy in a motorcycle pulling up, and she'll go down and be like, yeah, "Step on it, honey," you know, something like that. Because I'm pretty sure that was an act. Oh, that's to Lollapalooza. There you go. Yeah, oh, this is great. We're gonna make a no. Wait, what's a no? Not Lollapalooza. What is the um? What is the? We're gonna go to fair. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of a video game related one. A video gaming related one. I'm gonna haul ass to. P-A-X? West? There you go. I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a game thing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Or she gets on the back of Sonic Fox's bike. That'll do it. There you go. Oh, think about that. You get think about the Sonic Fox cameo. Yeah. You know? That's it. Like, cause he shows up. Or sorry, um uh uh they show up and um I'll have to cut out the misgendering there. Oops. Um so so they show up. And the audience goes crazy and applauds for like, you know, 15 straight minutes. And the granny comes down, is like, we're going to go to PAX. 
together. And, and, you know, she gets on the back of Sonic Fox's motorcycle, you know, and like getting, acting like she's, you know, gonna, gonna, um, they're gonna do it. And the whole audience goes, Whoo! you know? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how a sitcom works. Okay. Um, now, of course, that okay. The way it works, so so Granny is, uh, she's gonna be the hardcore like Halo type one who like yeah. boosts people, and you know, there's the teenage daughter who's you know um, probably gonna talk in Valley talk, and because of course that's very modern. That's a big yes, thing. That's, yes, we cannot. Uh, I don't know. I was, I would like to have her talk like you know those girls who say and I oop, but. I, that would probably be even more uh, dated within an, within a day than uh, being than talking Valley Talk would. So. I think that she. What kind of gamer would she be, though? Oh, mm. oh, she's the kind that uh, spends tons and tons of credit card money on uh, gotchas on her phone. Okay, so yeah, she's she's doing she's doing the uh, hidden object games. <laughs> And uh, you've got your, uh, there's going to be, let's see. Actually, what other kind of games are there? Uh, the let's see. Let's, uh, uh, massively multiplayer. I think that's either, that's mom. So she's she's never at the table because she's uh, busy killing ogres or something like that. There uh, you go. Yeah. And um, you've got to have. Dad is, the, dad is the retro gamer. So he's the one who's always like, uh, hey, kids, are you excited for the new Mario? And they all laugh at him. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um now there also has to be in this sitcom family. There's a son, and I think the son should probably be younger than the daughter and yes. be like a, a child genius sort, you know, uh, who, who does a lot of like, well, by my estimation, blah blah blah. Um, oh, so he's the he's the huge geek who pushes up his uh, glasses and uh, corrects everyone. Exactly. Oh, he is, okay, he's definitely into making interactive fiction. Oh yes, there you go. An extremely cool genre of video game, I might add. <laughs> yes, and multiple episodes are would be like Treehouse of Horror, but it's actually the family trying to uh, play through one of his interactive fiction games, so we can do anything non-canonical in one of those. Oh, nice! I like that. Um, and we better, uh, we better shut up if this is going to be a good idea. Wait, wait, wait! There's only there's wait. There's got to also be there's one more thing. It's got to be a family dog. Yeah. Oh, can it be a puppet? Yes, actually, that that would be good because how would you couldn't get a real dog to game? Yes, yeah, so you'd have to have a puppet dog like the one from Unhappily Ever After or something. That is, they're not even pretending it's not a puppet. In fact, they they specifically say this is our this is our dog, the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> but what kind of games would a puppet dog play? Um. Things like, uh, oh, really, oh, uh, erotic dating sims. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, that works perfectly because obviously it's going to be to to make the audience laugh more. The dog is going to be like extremely horny and like yes. raunchy. So the, the dog is super into like hentai games. And the dog is literally a sock puppet, too. Yeah. Dog's probably going to be smoking a cigar when we see him. Or, yes. um, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a great idea. We're going to make a million dollars with this. <laughs> You're going to copyright the gamer family. The gamer family. I mean, 
I mean, I wish I could come up with a better pun than that on the spot, but, you know, they probably wouldn't. They'd just call it the Gamer Family. Yeah. You know, like, like the Hogan Family. We'll call it and the Gamingtons. The Gamingtons. <laughs> Man. Uh, so, so yes. Um, this this is a way better concept than anything that's ever been in Control-Alt-Delete. Let's not talk about Control-Alt-Delete at all. <laughs> Let's just talk about the Gamer Family. We don't need to discuss this comic. Um, which will, we'll, but let's you know about... it sucks. <laughs> All right, as long as we're here, let's talk about these episodes. So we watched, yeah. A few. Um, so the f- what the first one is? What happens the first? That's the one about jobs, about his job. Yes, his job where he doesn't want to go to work, so he tells the robot to call and pretend his guinea pig died, so he can go back after about an hour of work, and the robot completely ignores him and spends the day doing its own thing and poor fuckface has to has to do what everyone else does all day long and suffer through eight hours of work and then afterward his boss gives him a bunch of games for free putting them on his tab so you know poor baby also um now i have worked in customer service and ethan i i'm sure you have as well um Uh my experience is it's not like this because Ethan basically is mean to the customers all day, uh, scares away with chainsaws and, um, and his boss is like, okay, well I need you to come back tomorrow. And it's like, I, I don't, I don't really, that's not, it's like, why is he complaining about work? It seems like it's pretty easy for him. This is not the world that, you know, I was already working. 2006 was the year that I started working at my current job. And it has never been like that. It was it was never a point where well we would well we would just fire you, but you're indispensable. It's like no, they have absolutely made it so every single person is dispensable, and they can just grab whoever off the street. So yep, yep. Well, he's apparently the only one who knows how to sell video games, except that he doesn't sell video games. Yeah. So um, I'm really yeah not not quite sure. First of all, what his complaint is um, because. Or why the boss is like, oh, I really need you to come in. It's like, do you really? Um, but I mean, I suppose it's supposed to be funny. Uh, some guy comes in and wants to exchange yeah. a thing for another thing. Uh, I didn't really get what was going on there. But um, because apparently – so it's because his fuck face then like pulls out like a chainsaw and scares him away. And I couldn't yes. figure out if the joke was like, did he want to do something that is the gamers would look down on? Or did he just not want to do work? Now, let's. Well, the thing is, he wanted to trade his Xbox in for an N gauge. And so the N gauge, if you don't, you probably don't remember it. Most people don't because it was almost more a meme than an actual thing. The N gauge was a phone that also worked as a video game console handheld. And it was very, it was very designed in a very silly way. It looked, people described it as looking like a mechanical taco. And you had to hold it. Okay. Have you got your phone handy, Mike? Uh, yes. Okay. Hold it up to the way, the way you would hold it up to uh, make a call. Okay. And now turn it sideways. That's okay. what it, that's what the end gauge looked like. It was like you were trying to show somebody a movie on your phone, but you were holding it up to your ear the whole time. So. Wait. Oh, so wait. So you didn't just play like games on it you you play you just your you would you held it to your ear 
uh, that was how you made a telephone call on it. Remember, because oh. back in these days, you used you used cell phones to make telephone calls, not just uh, you know, and not just if people didn't respond to five texts. You... Wow, what a yeah, what a, what a world, world, right? And yeah. the N gauge um, was specifically hmm. made to for people to have really lasting game experiences with to the point where you had to take out the battery if you wanted to change the game cartridge. So, oh. huh. yes, it was very poorly designed and uh, it did not go over well. So that's why it's weird that this guy would want to trade in his Xbox for an N-Gage, I guess. I mean, I never had any desire for either one of them, but... Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess that's I guess that's the joke. Yeah, I guess that's the joke, but then fuckface... D ducks down under the cover under the uh counter where he is and he pops back up wearing a jason mask and wielding a chainsaw that says engage and i i don't get the joke here hmm. you know if he hmm. had held it held the chainsaw to his head sideways and said hello that would be one thing but the only real joke here is that his jason mask actually has his stupid guy from treasure planet haircut molded into it so <laughs> oh, that's right. He's got the he's got the nineties crab hair. Yes. <laughs> Looks like the guy from the guy from Wizards of the Lost Kingdom, yeah. And uh and and then some, does something else happen? They um I think he like he's playing games on the demo and people are lined up waiting to talk to him. And Oh yeah, and he scares. He jumps out from behind the door and scares someone who's on their way in. And I, just if there's just, if there's yeah. more to that joke, I didn't see it. Maybe they have a heart attack and die. I don't know. Again, it's not very video game uh, related, which um, I would think if you're a gamer, you'd be like, well, I don't want to watch. Uh, I don't want to watch a normal workplace comedy. I want some games to actually play a role in this. Because uh, they they are like he works in a game store, but other than which is also kind of a thing that a very a very of its time thing. Because are there still game stores? Everyone uh, gets everything on Steam. Everything gets everything on Steam or uh, via their uh, or via the their consoles proprietary store. However, there are still game stores where you trade in your old games because some people don't like the fact that uh, if they're that if say if steam goes down, all your games are gone. So mm, that's true. I don't like that. Mm -hmm. um, so but, some people uh... prefer to have a hard copy of the game, but sometimes when you buy the hard copy of the game, it's all you get inside is a code, like a fortune cookie fortune to download it. So, yeah, uh. God, everything these days is like that. It's the worst. You bought a plastic box with a you fortune cookie in it. But let me let me tell you. Let's go back to the good old days where what you do when you buy a video game, you go to the store, you get a box, you get fifty little floppy disks, and then you install them one after the other. And it takes five hours. And at the very end, it says Sound Blaster is not compatible. And then, and then after that, once you've actually gotten the game running, you start the game and it says, please, in, please input the fifth letter on the, on page one, five, three of your in instruction manual to verify that you bought this copy of Prince of Persia. 
<laughs> I remember that. I always thought it was so funny because it's like, how hard is it just photocopy this thing, you know? <laughs> the only well, thing is, I like, mean, not everybody had a photocopier at the time. No, that's true. That's true. Um, I always thought the, the most effective copy protection was Monkey Island because they had that little wheel that you turn, you know? And, um, but then you could just take that apart and photocopy that too. Um, which you, which it makes a little, well, you know, nowadays it's kind of hard to play some of these games when they're abandonware because you get that. Yeah, like, oh, crap. Um, what you, you know do about now? what they did with that with Star Tropics? What? Star Tropics was a Nintendo game where in where packaged in the game is a, is the letter from your uncle that sends you on this tropical island adventure in the first place. But partway mm -hmm. through the game, you get a note saying, "Take the letter you got from your uncle and dip it in water." And if you didn't have the letter, then you can't progress any further in the game. But when you dip it in water, you get a code that lets you go further. Oh, huh. That's pretty clever. <laughs> the code was 747. Now everyone can do it. <laughs> oh, was it the same for everyone? It was always the same code, yes. Oh, I always thought a lot of those were random, but I guess not. Um, <laughs> man, well, those are a different time. Anyway, so the point is that people are buying games from Ethan, a thing that happened in 2006, and he has to work the whole day at his game store playing video games when he could have been at home playing video games, which I guess is the gamer equivalent of, you know, a normal office person being like, I hate staring at the bad rectangle for eight hours. I want to go home and stare at the good rectangle. <laughs> I've... I've never really had an office job, so I can't really compare. I mean, I worked in data entry at the IRS for a while, but it is definitely a different kind of staring at, a, at rectangles. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I had an office job once, and uh, it was literally just like eight, it was one of those, like eight hours. You're just like, oh, God, this is terrible because I'm staring at a screen and I can't look at any porn on it because the boss has obviously got spyware. That was well, also you also you can't get up. So, yeah, that too. It's really yeah, like the so worst. You just sort of feel the cholesterol seeping into the cracks of your bones as you sit there motionless uh, doing data entry. Oh, yeah. The I, I mostly remember that when I was doing at an office job, I, I, got, I would get incredibly bored because it's boring. And it's like, well, I'm sitting here. I've got like the Internet, but I can't go anywhere. Right. Because yeah. anywhere I go, like even if I go, it's obviously you're not going to go to most sites because you never know what you're going to see. Right. Right. E even if you're going to something like fairly innocuous. But I figured like, wait a second, Facebook, it's I can't go to like, you know, I can't go to most social media because people use fake names. So they'll post anything. But on Facebook, people use their real names. So you can probably pretty safe people aren't going to be posting anything too raunchy. Right. This right. was a long time ago. So I used to go to Facebook <laughs> and uh, it was very depressing because it just makes you realize like, oh, all my relatives are incredibly racist. Um, yeah. So once I stopped having an office job, I've never, ever been back to Facebook because there's no reason for it when you have any other website on the Internet at your disposal. That explains why I never see you on Facebook anymore, but that's OK because I never post anything there either. I, I specifically. Yeah, no, I make it a point never to go on Facebook uh, partly for that reason and partly because there are about like five people that I'm trying to avoid who, if I ever oh. go on there, I know will start noting me <laughs> and I just don't want to deal with that. I probably have like a dozen notes on there that I haven't seen. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, people, I don't have Facebook messenger and people are always trying to talk to me on. I'm like, sorry, you're going to have to wait three months until I happen to look on Facebook on my desktop. There you go. That's a smart way to be. 
anyway, so the, the point is Ethan goes home. He, he doesn't get to play his precious video games until eight hours later. And I think that's it. That's the end of that episode, isn't it? Yeah, he and he gets mad at the robot, and the robot is like, sucks to be you, right? You know, that robot is extremely unlikable. I, I don't like yes. that robot. You know, and speaking, yeah, speaking as... Speaking of someone who has always had a robot, more or less for a fursona, I feel like this uh, show is doing me dirty twice over. Yeah. The robot seems just like, I don't know how to describe it, because you would think he's very sarcastic, and you would think, well, yeah, of course you sympathize with a sarcastic guy who's talking to Ethan, or because Ethan's a jerk. So, But the robot just, I don't know, something on his voice, he's just incredibly smug, and his attempts at, at quips and wisecracks are just not very good. They're, they're very... He sounds sort of like uh, sounds sort of like uh, William Shatner, doesn't he? Kind of does, yeah. Not Star Trek era William Shatner, but like later in life, like like Osmosis Jones era William Shatner. Yeah, no, I, I hear, I know, I hear what you're saying. Um, yeah. So episode two, uh, what is this one? This is the one where he's mad at the robot for being better at video games. Yeah, he, and the robot is better at everything than him. Yeah. So... What I was I was amused like he's complaining to his girlfriend. He's better at everything. He's better at Halo. He's better at Splinter Cell. He's just listing video games, and it's like okay. <laughs> um, while his girlfriend is attempting to play a video game because you know she's a gamer girl. Uh, I, th- yeah, that reminds me a lot of a long time ago. Long when when my mother was a teacher, I would frequently get drafted into helping her uh, grade papers, mm-hmm. and one time. We were looking at like kids, things that kids had written that was like, you have to write a thousand word story about something or other. I don't even remember what it really was, but it was like, you know, if I met Harry Potter or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, if I met Harry Potter, we would go to my house and we would play Super Nintendo games like Super Mario World, uh, Super Mario All-Stars, uh, B.O.B., <laughs> Battletoads vs. Double Dragon, uh, Super EDF, uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. It's just this soup, incredibly long list of Super Nintendo games. Well, write what you know, you know? <laughs> was it Jason Argonaut? No, it wasn't Jason Argonaut. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to know who jason argonaut is check the hungry reader.com <laughs> now um the uh man that just reminds me when like my brother had to write a school assignment and if, i forget what it was but he literally just plagiarized the plot for space quest <laughs> of course his teacher wouldn't know but it was funny because i read it and i was like yeah and the best part about it was in the video game uh the the hero uh, dresses up like one of the aliens and he walks into the room and all the aliens base it said in the in the game it said oh it looks like you're a high-ranking alien worth sucking up to because all the other aliens are saluting him and my brother thought that sucking up meant saluting so he wrote that into his essay like and then he walked into the other room all the aliens start sucking up to him and <laughs> i i found that amusing <laughs> And that puts me in mind of another thing that I had to uh, read from my from my mom's submissions from her students where a kid had it was another creative writing thing where a kid wrote something that started with crime was increasing in cities all over America. 
except for Avenal, because Avenal had a secret weapon. Charlie Brown, America's Sherlock Holmes in sneakers. <laughs> <laughs> Is, was he trying to talk about Encyclopedia Brown? Yeah, it was literally the text of an Encyclopedia Brown, but he had changed uh, Idaville to Avenal and Encyclopedia Brown to Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, it's 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 funny for multiple reasons. <laughs> <laughs> And you immediately recognize as soon as you say America's Sherlock Holmes and sneakers. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like the mo- only the most famous opening line ever written. <laughs> it was the best of times. It was America's Sherlock Holmes and sneakers. <laughs> Call uh, me encyclopedia. <laughs> anyway, so Ethan, oh, he, he accuses his girlfriend of being a robot in this. And she doesn't deny it, so now he thinks his girlfriend is a robot. Which, honestly, I I guess that's better than where I thought that was going, because he was all like, you're taking his side, because she says, yeah, the robot's better at you at everything. And uh, <laughs> and I thought he was going to accuse her of, like, fucking the robots, and I, I thought it would probably, which, you know, could be kind of funny, but I, knowing this show, I expected that would go to ver- some very bad places and be very unwoke. But instead, he just accuses her of being a robot because he saw ba- Battlestar Galactica and he's like, the Cylons are going to look like humans now. And she's like, yeah, I'm here to steal your brain. And he's like, no one steals my brain. And he runs away. And it's like, oh, well, it kind of feels like there were meant to be a joke in there, kind of, but it didn't quite materialize. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. God, it's, it's weird to think that it was 15 years ago that they introduced the idea of what, what if we just didn't put the Cylons in any makeup at all? brilliant and um next time the cylons will be invisible (laughs) that's basically doing the that's supernatural does that all the time (laughs) they're always like okay we're gonna fight a monster uh what what is this monster it's a dragon now the first thing you have to know about dragons they look exactly like people (laughs) okay we're gonna fight a phoenix now what does a phoenix look like it looks like a person which is, it's funny because they, they started out doing that with like, oh yeah, like a zombie or a ghoul. And you're kind of like, okay, I, I can buy that those would look like people. And then they're getting to the point where they're like, a unicorn, uh, it looks like a person. It's like, <laughs> a unicorn is very clearly defined as not looking like a person. Uh, they do not look like people. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so if you rebooted Supernatural, but with the whole Monster Girls trope that's so popular in anime now. That would probably be a huge hit, wouldn't it? I think it would be. I mean, they should, but they'd have to, like, if you're a monster girl in anime, don't you have to have, like, you know, glowing eyes or something? I mean, you have to have a monster trait, right? Yeah, usually they have, like, you know, if she's a harpy, she'll have feathers in her hair or something like that. If she's a dragon, she'll have a tail. If she's a centaur, she'll just be a centaur, but... Well, yeah, I mean, that's pretty hot, you know. That would, uh, I don't know. It would be pretty funny if somebody was a centaur and nobody had figured it out. But <laughs> Secret centaur. That should be our next sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Alf, but they're trying to hide the fact that he's a centaur. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> so he's a, okay. So here's how it is going to play out. The centaur is accidentally brought from a fantasy kingdom, and now he has to live with an ordinary family. And the government is always trying to get him, right? So there's, like, this wacky FBI agent, right? 
who's like kind of like, and all the other FBI agents are like, it's crazy old Unicorn Jones thinks there's a centaur in the old Mulligan place. And he's like, I'll show you one of these days we're going to catch a centaur. Why do they call him Unicorn Jones? Well, he thought the centaur was a unicorn at first. He just got confused and now they all laugh at him. <laughs> This is great. We should. Why aren't we? They. Why aren't we on the place that makes the sitcoms? They should hire us down at the old sitcom factory. Yes. We'll make a mint, Charlie, old boy. Yeah, right. We're gonna. Okay. Here's what they. Here's what we do. We go. Let's get hired at the sitcom factory, and they'll put yes. us in charge of the machine that makes the sitcoms, right? And they'll be like, uh -huh. okay. All you have to do is sit here and pull that lever so a sitcom comes out of the machine. You can handle it. We'll be like, yes, sir. And then we're like, we're like, what if, what if we, put, and it'll be like the I Love Lucy episode where they just, all the sitcoms are just coming out. Oh no, we got to stuff the sitcoms in our mouths. Yeah, there you go. It's like, oh, and it's like, oh no, there's been an accident down at the old sitcom factory and we accidentally shipped out. We, we've, we've, the, all the gamer factories fell into the centaur, the American secret centaur sitcoms. And now we created the Gamer Centaurs. The Gamer Centaurs. <laughs> now, my first thought is that it's not that the centaur itself is a gamer, although it is, but it's but the centaur is also like you know how your SUV has TV screens in the back uh, in the back of the chairs so the kids can play video games. Yeah, the centaur has a TV screen on his back, and you have to. And you can stuff a video game cartridge in his mouth and play it from from the backside of the while you ride on the centaur. <laughs> oh, kids are gonna love this. <laughs> It'd be a great toy too. It'd be like Power Wheels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, man, we're just coming out with like we've got a million of them tonight. Yeah. Uh, and no matter how bad our ideas are, they're still better than Control Alt Delete. They really are. <laughs> okay, so we, you know what we got to do? We got to contact Blind Ferret Entertainment and be like, <laughs> "You thought you had a hit with Control Alt Delete? Well, let me tell you, you, you're gonna want to sit down for this one. Imagine all across America, people are gonna be, people are gonna be rushing to their." Their their consoles, which is a thing you watch stuff on, to see yes. the gamer family centaurs, <laughs> the gamer centaur. <laughs> so yeah, um, uh, okay. There's should we? We're almost at an hour. Should we just say there's one more episode? But no, actually, was there's one more episode that we both watched. And that's the one where yeah, Ethan. There's... Learns to cook. Yes, and this one has. Uh, I, at first, I thought this was the sh the cook you were talking about. Yeah, and this one is about how Ethan can't cook and can't take care of himself, and it's really baffling why anyone would want to spend any time with him. But he actually has a very good reason for not cooking, which is that when he does, he is haunted by a nightmarish marionette that looks like the Swedish chef. Now I. Here's the thing on that. Um, well, two things. First of all, um, I thought that this would offend you because the Swedish chef is not a marionette. Uh, it offends me a little, but I like the thought that that was how they abstracted it from the Muppets. Like, clearly it's not a Muppet because it's a marionette, you see? They didn't want to get sued. Yes. So, unfortunately, uh, the Bill Baird marionettes were not available to uh, <laughs> sue for that one, so... 
You know, now, I was waiting for the Swedish chef to go, your lady, your lady, your <laughs> I think, um, now the, the weird thing about it, though, was like, I felt like they forgot to, I felt like that there was a, a, a joke that didn't get made. Like they were like, Ethan That's was going to. That's this whole show, though. Well, yeah, but I felt like Ethan was going to say, I can never cook because of blah, 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 blah. You know, something to set up the fa- why a marionette uh, attacks him when he cooks. I guess the joke is that the Swedish chef is a chef and therefore is associated with food and cooking. But it's kind of just, I guess it's random and that's what makes it funny. Yeah, I mean, this this show is absolutely not above random humor, which you would, which we'll see in the sec- in the next one, because the now. This again. This one has nothing to do with video games, as far as I can tell. Well, I what happens in it? Now they're they're playing a video game, but yeah, no. I was still talking about the uh, the third one. Oh, sorry, sorry, go on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The this one, yeah. Was there any reference to video games whatsoever in this one, or even to computers? Mm, no, I mean, they other than them playing the game when she suggests they should cook. That's literally it. I. I guess yeah, it's just like they just it's just a, it's just any sitcom except instead of sitting around the kitchen table reading coffee reading coffee and sipping the newspaper yes <laughs> sipping coffee and reading the newspaper like say Willie Tanner and his wife would they are they're playing video games when whatever conversation gets the action started hmm. and but so yeah he with his girlfriend's, you know, careful, you know, hand on the back guiding as if she were trying to get him to eat waffles. She, <laughs> he makes the he makes a chicken dinner and he's really proud of himself. And then the Swedish chef comes and starts tormenting him and he sp- spills it on the ground or something. And also they introduce a, another cute girl who I'm guessing becomes a love interest for Lucas. That's what I, I kind of, that's what it felt like was going where it's going. Yeah, because. This because this is a very small, small world. Yeah. Well, you know, they only have so many uh, parts they can put together. Yeah. But, but yeah. Anyway, going on to the one that you didn't watch. Mm-hmm. This one is called Shorts, and it's like literally other strips that they didn't include in the previous stories hmm. or something because it's just these like twenty second segments where we see the that the random nonsense talking cook you were you were mentioning and he comes out and says chocolate monkey cheese weasels and his hat opens up and a carrot blasts out of it and then there's a a thing where if somebody but where i guess ethan has set up a trap to capture customers where if somebody takes a game off the shelf it drops a safe on them no. Oh. oh, okay. Yeah. And then it's over. This one was like half the length of the other ones. So they got three episodes in before they had to make a clip show. Yes. Yes. Wow. That doesn't very, that does not speak well for Buckley's ability to continue pump out quality entertainment. Um, I'm yes, disappointed. He- he planned to pitch the episodes of the animated series to network executives as one single pilot episode. Huh. Each so each of these completely unrelated things, which is five 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 minutes long, were gonna be combined into one? Yes. 
Hmm. And I mean, there isn't really an overarching plot to them. I don't think. I didn't notice any. Um, but yeah. oh, wow. we forgot the part where he fucks the vacuum cleaner. Oh yeah, that is that. Does that actually happen or in the, the fourth it's one? It's implied. Or? It's, okay. I guess that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he thinks he says something like, "No, that's where that's where they were going with the whole uh, my girlfriend is a robot thing." Was that he forgives Zeke for being better than him because, you know, my girlfriend is a robot. I'm practically part robot myself. And Zeke says, uh, the vacuum cleaner does not count as a robot, but I appreciate it. They, they do draw the, the vacuum with like big sucking lips. Yeah, big feminine curves. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, so the then, audience be like, yeah, I yeah. can see that. You don't want to think and that he's gay for the vacuum, you know? That, they don't no, want no, that. No, 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 no. <laughs> So you couldn't draw it with as a shark or anything. No, it would have to be. It has to be an extremely feminine. Has to be a vacuum with feminine wiles. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, so 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 that's all four episodes. Um, is there anything else that we should say about uh, any of these or Control of the Elite in general? Um, oh, there's the other production company logo with the egg that grows. Oh, it's pretty hot. Yeah, well, the egg, and the first time the egg grows, the first time we see this, every t- every time the egg moves, it's punctuated by a sound effect from the original Super Mario Brothers. And then after that, the sound effects are gone, so somebody must have been like, that's not a good idea. Huh, I guess they got in trouble. Oops. <laughs> well, that's why and they're that so careful ex- with the Swedish chef. And that's why there's no Nintendo references anywhere else. Oh. Well... It all it all fits now because Nintendo is right up there with Disney when it comes to being litigious over their uh, intellectual property, which <laughs> I would say Nintendo is maybe a little more in the right for because they're still making because Mario was not created 80 fucking years ago. <laughs> yeah, just a little, though. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Um so that's control alt delete. And that's control alt delete. When at least we're you know, we I think we were uh would you say this is a better or worse experience than Sabrina Online? Um well I'd say that the uh the actual show we watched is a is a worse because it's it's not like just a fan product. It's not like a bunch of people who just really loved a, a comic and wanted to make something to appreciate it. Uh, so it's an actual professional, well, relatively professional, like flash animation. Uh, so the end, so I feel less bad about making fun of the end product. Also, Sabrina Online as a comic strip is, you know, it's pretty innocuous. It's just a cute slice of life with, like, a skunk yeah. who wears no pants. So there's nothing wrong with Sabrina Online. And whereas Control-Alt-Delete is a terrible webcomic that is actively bad. And the guy who makes Sabrina Online, Eric Schwartz, again, don't really know much about him. He kind of keeps to himself. He's just, you know, a guy who loves Amigas and Transformers. Whereas Tim Buckley... Um, has has kind of a bad reputation. He's apparently a huge dick, and um, apparently, uh, from what I understand, has also hit on underage girls in his own forums. Uh, but hmm. allegedly, I don't know much about that, so I I won't say any more. Um, but so so all in all, um, the product that we're reviewing is much worse here. But yes. the experience is better because we got all these great ideas for sitcoms out of it. 
That's true. I mean, Sabrina was not as inspirational for us, perhaps because we didn't want to just build off of it. But here we can just build off of any bad idea because who cares? Yeah. What are you going to do? Sue us? I mean, here's the thing. Once we finish, get the gamer family made, we're going to have to make spinoffs like the furry family to capture other markets. So then we'll dig into Sabrina for that. Yeah. The Juggalo family. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's going to be the Weeaboo family. We're going to have the Brony family. (laughs) There's going to be the, uh, the Homestuck family. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> F- Five Nuts at Freddy's family. Uh, what the are the things? The Star Rudder Wiki family. That's oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. Oh, my God. The car- the Cartoon Fatness Wiki family. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's that's us. That's oh, shit. That. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that's a good ending right there. <laughs> there you go. All right. I'm going to. I'm going to cut off right here. Uh, wait, where is it?